With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. Let me uh, open up with you the American Covenant. And I'm uh, toward the very last pages of chapter 6. I'm on page 146. We've been talking about the most sacred property we have is the, the, the property of our conscience. That impartial judge in the courtroom of our mind that either accuses or excuses us. And when our conscience is, is, for, is informed by the word of God, we know the right thing to do. And when we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we want to do the right thing. No one needs to force us to do the right thing because it's our joy to follow the ways of God because we know that they produce blessing. There was no one who loved and fought for freedom more than Samuel Adams, the great statesman. Many people know Sam Adams for, uh, for the good beer that he produced, but his, his concept of liberty was staggeringly strong and his character was just as strong. In fact, he understood the need to break away from Great Britain early and actually earned for himself the title the father of the revolution. And it was said of him by historians that he had a clear and logical mind and that his will resembled, resembled well-tempered steel which may bend but will not break. It's kind of like the steel in that fire pit right there. It, it can withstand the heat. It may bend, it may flex, but it will not break because it's, it's strong, it has integrity. And that's exactly what Sam Adams had. And he was an incredibly influential figure in the revolution. And he wrote incredible freedom documents, the rights of the colonists as men, as Christians, and as subjects of the government. And I want to touch on these three points within his documents. He said things like this. Among the rights of the colonists are these. He said, a right to life, and second to liberty, and third to property, and together with the right to support and defend them in the best manner that they can. So just consider this for a moment. He believed that God has given you the right to your life. Nobody can take that away from you lawfully. No individual can take that away from you lawfully. Now, if the government decrees the death penalty for certain things, as God's law did in the Old Testament, that's different. That is an instrument called civil government that is executing justice. But a person, a vigilante, someone cannot walk in and murder you. You have a right to life given to you by God. Killing someone is forbidden by the sixth commandment. You have a right to liberty. No one can enslave you lawfully. The Bible prohibits that. Absolutely. You cannot be enslaved economically. You cannot be enslaved physically. You cannot be enslaved in terms of, of being told what you can and cannot think and believe. You have a right to your thoughts and your conscience and your, and your physical body and your economy. And you have a right to your property. And he said, together with those things, you have a right to defend those things. That's what the First and Second Amendment is all about, right? The right to free speech, the right to, your, to uh, the freedom of your religion, the right to assemble, and the right to bear arms. 
without the ability to defend those things, you have no liberty. And the First and Second Amendment were to protect your freedom of speech and religion and assembly and right to bear arms from who? Not from the haters. The First Amendment freedom of speech is not to protect you from the haters. They have free speech too. They can say what they want. That's called free speech. It's to protect you from a government who tries to take those things away from you. It's to bind down the government with the chains of the Constitution. That's what the civil rights are for. And then he went on to say that because Sam Adams saw liberty as a gift of God, he said that man could not voluntarily become a slave. Get this. You can't even give your right to life, liberty, and property back to the government so that you become a slave of the government and enslave yourself because governments were established by God to protect your freedom and your liberty. So it's, it, it would be an oxymoron. It would be the height of absurdity and foolishness for a person like you or me to actually give our rights over to the government, to surrender our liberties and our freedom to life, liberty, and property to the government, even in the name of safety. That would be an oxymoron because the government is, is in existence to protect your life, liberty, and property. To protect your rights to have those things, not take them away, especially in the name of something like safety. That's the oldest trick in the book. That's, that's what they did in the 1930s. That's what they did uh, all throughout history. Create emergencies so that you give over all of your rights and then all your liberties are lost and then you're enslaved and you've enslaved yourself. Sam Adams said that's the height of foolishness and absurdity. Don't be that guy. And then he went about and, and, and said that the rights of the colonists as Christians, as members of the family of faith, faith may best be understood by reading and carefully studying the institutes of the great lawgiver. Who's that? God. And the head of the Christian church. Who's that? Jesus Christ. Which are to be found clearly written in the New Testament. You see that? The rights that you and I have as members of the family of faith fall in line with the great lawgiver of heaven and the head of our faith, the one who died on the cross to provide forgiveness of sins, the same one who was born in that manger in Bethlehem at Christmas time. And we read all about it in the New Testament. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. 
And then finally, he says that government, the legislative branch that makes the laws, has no right to absolute arbitrary power over the lives and fortunes of the people. Do you hear that? Nor can men assume a privilege not only too high for men, but too high for angels, and therefore reserved for the exercise of God alone. So important, please understand this. Those of us who are not well trained in the Constitution and in the history of liberty and the beauties and and rare treasures of American principle need to understand this. Sam Adams and the Founding Fathers are telling you and me that no government has the right to arbitrary power, meaning they just declare a mandate out of thin air, like a magician just pulls a rabbit out of a hat. A government that just says, this is now a law. This is something that you have to do. No, that, that's, that's called tyranny. That's called depotism. That's what tyrants do. The only way something becomes a law to where the people have to obey it is when the people's representatives in Congress talk about these things. They propose it. It has to pass through the Congress and then it becomes law. I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure that you have too, you walk into a restaurant, you go into a business, or you're on an airplane, and they tell you, according to federal law, and this is a violation of federal... No, it's not. No, no, no. That, that, these, are, these are arbitrary mandates. And they're done under special emergency circumstances to give the image of necessity and, 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 and desperate urgency and authority and power. But Sam Adams would call the bluff right there and say, no, that is called extemporary arbitrary decrees that have no place in a free republic like ours. He says the supreme power cannot justly take from any man any part of his property without his consent in person or by his representative. And if you don't believe Sam Adams, believe the Russian who wrote the book called From Under the Rubble. His name was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Famous author, the Russian novelist and patriot. He warned of the dangers of allowing government to determine your job and your property and be able to shut down your jobs and steal your property. And he said that the Soviet Union had starved and enslaved tens of millions of their citizens, including Solzhenitsyn, for 70 years. And Dr. Marshall Foster comments off that, and he says here, let us remember how huge segments of our American population is being thrown into poverty, or worse, by the government theft of their jobs under the cover of disease, climate, or even one's religious or political views. I think this is all pretty self-evident. I think you can see what's going on. Under the cover of disease, under the cover of climate, don't let anyone take your liberties away from you and steal your job or your property and silence your voice and quench your conscience. 
under the guise of fear of being canceled for your political or your religious views, don't sit down and roll over. Stand up and speak up. Listen, I'm not trying to be an alarmist. I'm trying to learn from the lessons of history and those who put safeguards in place for just such a time as this. And I'll tell you the answer to all of it. The answer to these scary things going on in our culture can be found by looking to that child in the manger. That little baby in the manger, God became flesh and he entered into our world. He didn't remain aloof, detached from the pain and suffering that we experience. He entered into it in the form of a child in Israel, the Messiah of the world, who grew up for the express purpose of purchasing forgiveness of sins and eternal life for you and me. That child, Jesus, grew up and he said, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Because Jesus, even as small as a baby, was bigger than the whole world. He's the creator of the whole world who condescended to walk among us and take our sin debt upon his shoulders and pay it in full and drink the full cup of the wrath of God right down to the dregs so that you and I, if we come to him in faith, would not have to suffer the just wrath of God on the day that we give an account for our life. And of course, he rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he rules and reigns as Lord of lords and King of kings and president of presidents and czar of czars and the supreme of time and space and matter. And he's extending his love to you and me tonight. Maybe take some time and look up at the stars this evening before you let your head hit the pillow. And make sure that you're in a right relationship with God. Pray to him. Thank him. Confess your sins to him. Ask him for his forgiveness and a new heart. Jesus is the rock in the weary land. A shelter in the coming storm. God bless you. Thanks for joining me tonight again from my backyard here at the American Campfire Revival. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.